Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. No Campbell Brown, no Cam Luke. Couple of ring-ins today. My name's Josh Jenkins. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk. For the next one hour, we'll go through all things racing down in the island state. And joining me for the next hour is the great Sam Highland up there in the Sunshine State. Sammy, how are you? Oh, Sammy can't hear me. I can see him and he looks very good, but he can't. Hear me, so we'll uh, work on getting uh, work on getting Sammy, but we will be. You got me now, Sammy. Ah, uh, JJ, how are you? I'm well, mate. How are you? I'm all good. Ready for a big day. Indeed, you and I are just uh, we're the we're the fill-ins, the super subs. <laughs> we're uh, subbing in here, there, and everywhere. We're going to do uh, trackside one till six, but we're going to, uh, as I said, head down to the island state and get the lowdown on all things Taz Racing because there's plenty happening down in Tassie. We love a bit of Taz Racing talk on a Friday. And, yeah, they've had some uh, great racing in, in recent weeks and obviously, uh, yeah, warming up to a, to a big day next Wednesday. But a, a good meeting uh, good meeting at Launceston on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we'll pick the eyes out of them, JJ. Indeed. Of course, on Sunday we're building up. We have seen some... Very strong racing down there in Tasmania, Hobart and Launceston, and then on Sunday we've got the uh, we've got the Tasmanian Oaks. So we'll get the lowdown on on that. We've got uh, Bart McCulloch, who's coming up in a couple of minutes. Matty Reed, who's a great tipster down there in Tassie. Brandon Ryan will join us as well uh, after a big announcement in the Greyhound world for uh, uh, down there in Tassie. We've also got. Jamie Cockshut, who is a, a gun harness tipster, and he'll be joining us as well as uh, hopefully we've got a bit of time to grab Tommy Hackett, the rain man, because he knows all things about all things. So um, what have you ever had a chance to have a look at the Tassie Oaks on Sunday, Sammy? There's plenty to get through up here and down there before then, but have you had a chance to have a look at that, that race? Because uh, I see the Blue Army, my crew are sending a horse down there. Well, you know, when when I think of Godolphin, I just think of Josh Jenkins, you know, <laughs> like he's going to be following in. And Honey Creeper, the Honey Creeper, you wouldn't have thought, uh, wouldn't have thought James Cummings would have had many runners or Godolphin would have had many runners uh, in Tassie over the years. But um, good to see that, uh, uh, yeah, they're supporting the Oaks there, the Kevin Sharkey Tasmanian Oaks uh, on Sunday. And it looks a, a really good race, field of 11. Uh, Matty Williams is making the trip with a horse called uh, Prospertiva, um, who won last start. It's only very lightly raced. Patrick Payne's got a horse called uh, Pearl Rain, who was the last start winner. And one last preparation. It's had a couple of racing preparations uh, under its belt. 
JJ, so uh, I always think when you're getting out to this sort of trip, the fact that, um, you know, it's had a couple of racing preparations under its belt and and then it won nicely uh, over the 2000 at uh, Colac, it uh, holds you in good step to, to run run the trip strongly uh, in the end because, um, you know, they need the miles in their legs, don't they? Indeed, indeed. It, uh, it's going to be a good race. So uh, looking forward to that on Sunday, but plenty to get through first. And uh, straight off the top, We've got Bark McCulloch joining us, and uh, he's a thoroughbred breeder down there in Tasmania from Greenville Stud. Bart, thanks for joining us here on a, uh, well, it's a little bit overcast here in Melbourne. What's the weather like down there in your part of the world? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Yeah, look pretty similar down here, a little bit uh, overcast and blustery here today, actually. So not ideal conditions to be showing yearlings, but uh, there's certainly some buyers starting to float about at the sales here uh, at Quirkus Park. Indeed, and that's why uh, we are linking up to have a chat about the 2022 Taz Magic Million sale this Monday and all things looking pretty positive. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I think the, the locals, the prize money down here in Tasmania, coupled with the Tazbred uh, Breeders Incentive Scheme, um, has the local industry in the best position it's been in for some time. Uh, and certainly with the success of Tasmanian graduates in recent years, um, you know, the mainlanders are coming back again, as they have been for the last uh, number of years. And talk to us about the catalogue and what it looks like uh, for this year's, uh, this year's crop. Yeah, look, um, there's a quite diverse range of size. I think there's just on 50 size represented here uh, across 145. Uh, obviously, it's quite dominated by uh, some of the local stallions. Uh, Armadale studs needs further and, and Alpine Eagle are very well represented. Uh, and our first season sire, Stratosphere, uh, he's got a, about 25 in the catalogue as well, so really well represented. And, uh, you know, Stratosphere's first yearlings, um, we're really confident that they're going to impress the market. They're forward, uh, strong, precocious, tight, and um, we're really happy with them, looking forward to showing them off. But the, the recent results or recent sales results uh, have been quite amazing, haven't they? Uh, for, for, so, you know, if they're anything to go by, gee, you're going to have a super sale. Yeah, let, let's hope so. Um, obviously, we did follow the trend last year. Magic Millions and Classic were strong and we followed on uh, with a record sale down here in Tassie. And, and as you mentioned, yeah, Magic Millions on the Gold Coast and, and Classic were, you know, they've just gone to another level. You, you don't think they can go any further and, you know, you think you've almost reached the the peak and uh you know it goes another 20 or 30 percent um uh so it's, you know it's phenomenal obviously the desire and the demand for horses is exceptionally strong we see these um you know online sales every fortnight it's exceptional the, the results they get there so you'd expect it would continue here but um we're certainly not resting on our laurels and we're working hard to make sure our yearlings present as well as possible so that we do have a strong sale and breeding's in your uh in your blood as well isn't it Bart? Yeah, absolutely. I'm second generation. My father started the stud when he was in his 20s, so uh, almost been in operation uh, for 50 years now. So I was um, you know, brought up around horses and I've been in my blood and that's all I know, really. And uh, Bart, we... no... Go ahead, Sammy. Go on. But in the, in the first race on Sunday, you've got unedited, uh, or your dad has unedited, uh, with the ulcer on board. This horse has uh, just had a couple of couple of runs each or just the one run last preparation and the, and then uh uh yeah so it should be better with the time under its belt yeah look absolutely a horse is just just taking a little bit of time and um just you know giving it the time it needs rather than pushing it um 
look, she'll she'll probably need the run and then improve from the run. Uh, we've got a horse in uh, in trapped. Uh, I think she's in about race three, um, the top yep. weight, uh, running around as well. I think she'll she's got her, got her pretty right, I think. Um, and so I think you know back in grade a little bit. I think she'll she'll be really quite hard to beat. Would she she'll stride forward from from that gate? Yeah, having the outside gate's not ideal. Um, I expect uh, we'll just see how she jumps. She does generally have pretty good speed. She'll probably go forward or just sit outside the leader. We don't want to burn her up too much early, but yeah, she'll she'll have a forward showing there. How are you seeing in general the 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 breeding industry and the the uh, ability and and worthwhile and um, uh, value for breeders and vendors down there in Tasmania because it's always a a topic of discussion, particularly up here. There's even a conversation up in Victoria and New South Wales about us breeding too many horses. But how are you seeing? How are you seeing things from the perspective of a breeder down in Tasmania? Yeah, look, I think it's any sale. Um, the, the top horses sell exceptionally well. There's multiple, multiple people wanting to buy them, and the lower end horses, you know, struggle to find homes. Uh, the market's polarising more and more. Um, and the good horses are making, you know, unbelievable money. And those ones that have faults or, you know, may have a weaker pedigree behind them really do, um, you know, they struggle to get the interest in them. And it's certainly no different here in Tasmania, uh, probably more so in Tasmania, to be honest. Um, you know, if people aren't investing in, in updating their mares and improving their brood mares, they're certainly getting, uh, you know, making it hard for themselves in the star ring. And saying that, um, it's exceptionally hard at the moment to upgrade your mares and buy good mares because, again, wherever you go to buy them, they're, they're so strong. So I guess you can't be selling yearlings for good money and expecting to buy buy mares at the, um, you know, an exceptional value. So uh, I guess from Tasmanian point of view, up until the last two or three years, it has been a very challenging market, which has seen people um, sort of getting out of the industry, those smaller breeders. Uh, and you'll see with the catalogue in Tasmania that the... Um, the catalogue's really dominated by sort of three larger vendors being Armadale, Grenville and Motree Thoroughbred. Um, and I think that uh, certainly the number of broodmares, standing stallions here in Tassie, we stand stallions, and the number of broodmares in Tasmania over halved over the last 10 years. It's gone from over 600, and now we're under 300 mares. So it is an industry down here that's um, certainly diminished over the last number of years, but, but we're hoping with the introduction of the Tasbred Breeders Incentive Scheme, which has been going for three or four years now, and also the uh, you know the better prices being realised at the sales, we are starting to see some new entrants back into the market as well, new vendors. Indeed. All right, Bart. Well, uh, good luck with uh, Grenville Studs. Uh, lots going through the sales on uh, on Monday. Hopefully, uh, all goes well. Horses that uh, stroll through the parade ring all present beautifully, and you get plenty of money for them. So. Good luck uh, with the yearlings and good luck with those horses going around on Sunday. And thanks for joining us. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Appreciate it. There's Bart McCulloch from uh, Grenville Stud. Always a nervous time, Sammy, with uh, preparing young horses for the sales. So many things can go wrong. And uh, I don't think you'd uh, sleep very well the night before the sales. Yeah, it's a... It's a you know, it's well. It's the um, it's such a, a big thing, isn't it? That you've been with, you know, you, you've gone through the whole breeding process, sending the mare to the stallion, and then uh, you know the the birth of the foal, and then uh, watching it grow, and and then get it to this point, and now you're taking it to the sales, and you're looking for uh, the best possible result, and and then um, yeah, you know, I always say that 
when you see those horses um, that get to the races where people have, um, have bred them right from the start, you know, I know my old man is that, you know, mum and dad is small time. They've only got a couple of mares that they mess around with, but get an extra buzz, Josh, out of, you know, being part of that whole journey, seeing it from, from sending the mare to the st- to the stallion to then watching that that horse born and and then uh, getting it to the races and then saluting wow we it's uh, you know it's uh, such a big buzz indeed it is so uh, good luck to everyone involved at the sales on Monday all right let's skip off to a break here on Taz Racing Talk we're off to a flyer on the other side we'll speak to Matt Reed who will preview Sunday's big big and I mean big meeting at Launceston. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Welcome back to Taz Racing. Josh Jenkins and Sam Hyland just filling in for uh, Cam and Campbell. As I think Brownie is on his way back, Sammy, but uh, Cam Luke is just uh, showboating his way all around America. <laughs> He's been to every sporting event, sporting team, college you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah, it's. Uh, I tell you what, it's been uh, some trip, and well done to the guys, uh, the boys putting uh, putting it up on their social uh, social handles. Because uh, yeah, we get to see uh, Cam. He's. he's uh, I don't know how many basketball games he's been to, but it's it's been uh, many. He's been to one like nearly every day, apart from the Super Bowl. And uh, at uh, yeah, he just loves it, doesn't he? And I tell you what, I think there'll be a few new pairs of shoes going there too. Jacob. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So you always come home with uh, more luggage than you uh, took off with. But uh, anyway, let's get a move along because we need to get to this meeting at Launceston on Sunday because there's. Some big, big races, $150,000 listed Tasmanian Oaks headlines that. And Matty Reid, the uh, best form guru in the island state, joins us. Matty, how are you? Long time no speak, actually, you and I. Yeah, good to speak to you, JJ. I'm sure there's nowhere that you'd rather be than doing this. You don't want to be in America watching basketball and football. It's all about the racing. <laughs> Indeed it is. Well, tell us about the racing this weekend, particularly on Sunday, and we'll start where we should with the uh, with the Tasmanian Oaks and Godolphin is sending one down, and Honey Creeper is in fact the favourite, and not only a Godolphin sending the favourite down, but uh, the great the goat Damien Oliver's book to ride comes down for one ride as well, JJ. So I'm sure punters will, will take a little bit off that. Godolphin haven't been frequent visitors to Tassie, but they have had a, a little bit of recent success. They won the the 2019 Strut, I think it was, with Rock Darwin and, and the Derby either the same year or the year before with Cossetot. So when they do bring them down, they generally run well. Uh, this filly brings pretty handy form too. It was a good win, that benchmark 70 at Sandown last start. It was over a mile, so she needs to, to make the jump up to 2100. But look, they obviously think that she can stay, otherwise she wouldn't be here. How's the uh, how's the overall quality of the race in your eyes compared to you know years of uh, I guess the past few years? Oh look, the Oaks is a, it, it's towards the end of the carnival, so we've got a pretty good idea about our three-year-old fillies by this stage. We had the Strut Stakes in Hobart last Friday on Derby Day. It was won by the Adam Trinder train Miss Charlie Brown. That race is nothing more than a jog and a sprint home. It, it didn't really rate that well against the clock. Uh, I do think we have some, some nice horses and, and some nice horses in this race, but I'm tending to side 
uh, with the visitors. I think they'll be too strong. I'm working against that strut, as I said. It was a, a pretty low-rating race. I thought if there was to be a potential upset, and look, I think the price about Honey Creeper, she's about 260, is more than fair. I, I could see her getting smashed into something like even money, particularly when a, a few few more eyeballs realise that um, James Cummings and Damien Oliver have brought one down to Lonnie. Uh, but the one I did think was a bit of overs, uh, JJ and Sammy, was Pearl Rain uh, for Paddy Payne. He knows what sort of horses it takes to win our feature races down here. And I was really impressed by the win at Colac last Friday. She beat older horses. She came from a long way back. They ran pretty good time there. I think it was only about three lengths slower than the Colac Cup. And I think when you can beat the older horses returning to your own age, it's a bit of a tick. And we saw that actually with our derby last week when the nephew won, brought similar sort of form. So I think um, they're the two that I'm, that I'm looking towards in the Oaks. Matt, the, the, the local in Bundle of Fun, um, it, it's been okay. And I, I think the fact that it's been out to, to this sort of trip, um, you know, I mean, with Honey Creeper, I know it's bred to run the trip and whatever, but as I was touching on before, you know, the, these horses that have sort of seen the miles under their legs with a couple of runs at the, at the 10 furlongs and further, it, it takes you a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Bundle of Fun was was formerly trained by Paddy Payne, is now in the care of Adam Trinder, and, and that was the case just leading into her run in the Launceston Guineas. If you saw her run in, in the Strut Stakes last start, Sammy, she's the most inappropriately named horse in the country because that was a bundle <laughs> of no fun. Uh, she was caught back on the fence. She never got out. She was 230 favourite there. Yes, I'm talking through my kick, but she should have won that. So if there is if there is going to be a winner from the strut stakes, I think it's it's definitely her. And talk to us, Matty, about these two Magic Millions races, and uh, of course, perfectly timed because uh, if some of the connections can get a check on the Sunday, they can head to the sales with their chest out. But uh, who do you like? We'll start off in the two-year-old version. Who do you like in the uh, in the race for the juveniles? I think we've got a good thing here, JJ. Jaguar Stone, and she will be a good thing's price. She was very impressive on debut. She had a, a big tip to knock over the stable mate in the Gold Sovereign in Bellow Bow. Bellow Bow was just a bit too professional, but um, she looks to certainly have the locals covered. I guess the one that we don't know a lot about is Blonde Venture, uh, trained by Shane Nichols. Lockie Neindorf comes down. It's, it's his only ride on the day. And this horse finished off okay at Pakenham, and I think they might have a bit of opinion of the winner, Hell Hath No Fury. So I think they're the two that we'd be working around there. But Jaguar Stone, she'll be in the red, and, and she deserves to be. And uh, in the other Magic Millions race, which is the three- and four-year-old classic, pretty keen on the chances here of first accused. Uh, this horse has never... Well, only missed a place once, and, and that was at Caulfield in a mile, three-year-old handicap. She's unbeaten, sorry, he's unbeaten over 1,400 metres, including last start uh, where he beat Hell of a Night, who came out to win here on Hobart Cup Day. So the form super for first accused. I do think that race is perhaps a little bit deeper than the two-year-old race. The likes of Lucado and Azara are probably the main dangers, but uh, in the two Magic Millions races, I'm pretty keen Jaguar Stone and first accused, so... We might be multiing there. But one thing I did take note of, fellas, is what Bart McCulloch said about Entrapped 
He gave a reasonable push for her, and, and she's been uh, ordinary this prep, to be perfectly honest. But if you go back 12 months, she was winning a race at Mooney Valley. Her best would, would blow this field away, and, and Bart sort of alluded to them sorting a few things out. So listeners of Taz Racing Talk can perhaps take a lead from the confidence of, of Bart on Entrapped, because certainly the, the form uh, for her has wavered a bit. All right, Maddie. Uh, very thorough, as always. Uh, we'll take those tips under advisement, and hopefully you clean up on uh, on Sunday and find the winner of all those big races. And uh, we'll speak to you again very shortly. Thanks, fellas. Have a good show. From uh, Matt Reed in the Gallops, straight to Brennan Ryan with the uh, Tasmanian Greyhound News. Brennan, what's happening in the world of the dogs in Tassie? G'day, guys. Oh, there's plenty on at the moment. Uh, obviously, there's a lot surrounding the news with... Um, the closure of Devonport, which will end on the 25th of March. Um, our last Greyhound meeting will be on the 22nd, which will conclude with the Reginalian Ivory Memorial. So, um, yeah, a lot of strenuous times at the moment, trying to, you know, plan and go forward. And, yeah, so a lot of meetings will be stipulated across the um, other two clubs, uh, Hobart and Launceston, to fill that gap in the period. How, how, much, how much pressure and strain is that putting on both the Harness and the Greyhound Racing Club's Having to find a new home and and uh, I guess uh, yeah move um, move their homes away. It is extremely hard for greyhounds because up on the northwest coast they do rely heavily on the Devonport track as an education and pre-training track if you want to put it that way and. You know, if you take that out of the conclusion and you sit there and idle for nearly two years, um, you know, the trainers are then forced. They've got to travel to either Launceston or do the miles and go all the way to Hobart. And that's just absolutely, you know, out of the question to do that week in, week out. So um, it's going to be a very um, cautious move at the moment by the trainers and what they do. Um, And, you know, look... This was coming, and um, now we've just got to be prepared for it. And you know, the next, the first month of it, uh, you know, in April, going through this will um, will be the test to see how it all pans out. Brennan, you've been in hot form of late. Uh, Launceston Monday night and Devonport Tuesday night. What are your best bets? Um, we head to Launceston on Monday night. Good ten race program there. Ah, uh, no, sorry, we've got no Launceston. It's actually Hobart. Launceston is shut down due to. Um, uh, the thoroughbreds being on on the Wednesday, so we've got to go to Hobart. We've got a nice little race there over the 599 metres, and I'm going to go with a greyhound by the name of Zar Bell. It's spelled T S A R Bell, but I call it Zar Bell. Um, going really well at present. Um, drawn box two, did run third last start on uh, last night in Hobart in a Grade Five heat, but comes back to its distance. I think it'll be hard to beat there in race six, number two on Monday night for Eileen Thomas. Beautiful, uh, Brennan. Thanks for that. We'll keep an eye on those. And, uh, yeah, good luck with, uh, I guess, to both the Harness and Greyhound clubs. Not great times, but hopefully uh, things will work out uh, for the betterment in the long run. But thanks for joining us on Taz Racing Talk. Thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, all the best and happy punting over the weekend. Indeed, happy punting. That's what we're all after, Sammy. All right, let's uh, take in some news headlines and we'll be back on the other side with Jamie Cockshut and the, uh, all the Harness news. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Welcome back 
to Taz Racing Talk. Sammy Highland and Josh Jenkins just uh, filling in, keeping the seat warm for Campbell Brown and Cam Lucas. One makes their way back from America and one continues on with the party. But our next guest is across all things trots, harness racing down in Tasmania. We've got Launceston harness tonight and Hobart on Sunday. So plenty to get through and Welcome in Jamie Cockshut. Jamie, thanks for uh, joining us as always on Taz Racing Talk. There you go, there, Josh. There you go, Sammy. Yes, All we're, good, uh, we're, we're doing well, but we'll be doing even better if you can steer us uh, in the direction of a few winners. What are the confidence levels like tonight and Sunday? Yeah, not too bad. Like, uh, we've probably missed the odds on the one I like tonight. He's put back pretty, pretty heavily this morning, so we've probably missed him, but you know, winners are winners, Josh. And, yeah, Sunday night's okay, mate. It's a pretty handy card, and um, there's a little bit of depth there, and you know, I'm sure there's a couple of winners we can pick out for the listeners. And some of the uh, good, well, the biggest race in uh, in Tasmanian harness racing is not far away, March 19, the Group 1 Tasmania Cup. Good to see the Tassie Cup as a Group 1. Yeah, we're well, going to uh, get some fellas from the mainland. I think your mate Mick Stanley's thinking about bringing a rack up Tiger Pie over. Mm. Yeah, who, who was a good horse a few years ago. And Mick Stable's fine at the moment. And if he can rekindle a bit of rack up Tiger Pie's you know, best form, he's well and truly going to be into it. Well, you'd imagine, you know, the Group 1 status um, would would uh, and the increased prize money would attract a fair few more mainlanders, you'd, you'd imagine. So your local horses will have to be on their game. Yeah, and it's going to be tough for the locals, especially the Tasmania Cup, because it's a it's a handicap race, and it, it you know if you're rating 120, you get 30 metres automatically. So, Riley Major, for instance, he'd get 30, and just say if um, Marie wanted to bring Lock and Road over, he'd get 30. So, um, good horses are definitely thrown into the race if they're good horses, and you know, hundred thousand dollars they don't come up that often, but it was seventy five thousand dollars last year. And we did only get a few come over. So it'll be interesting to see who comes over this year. Are you anticipating a few? Is there much word? I know Mick Stanley sort of declared his hand, but are you anticipating, you know, you always get you know, one or two or three. Are you anticipating sort of at least half the field being taken up by, um, I guess you'd say imports, but Victorians or New South Wales horses? Yeah, well, you'd think so, Josh, because um, well, the Easter Cup's only a few three or four weeks afterwards, and that's another $100,000 race. So if you've got a half-decent horse over there, they can step. They've got to step from a stand, and they don't have no stand start race. Victoria, as you know now. So it's not going to be easy, but you know, I know if I had a good horse over in Victoria that could step, mate, I'd be definitely sending them over to Tassie to have a crack at them two races. All we hear about up here is the, uh, the conjecture and the controversy about standing starts. Has there been much or any chatter about... Uh, or any complaints about the fact that the, the the cup is a stand, or is is that the point of difference that the race needs? Yeah, no. Well, ideally, like I said, they're both hundred thousand dollar races, probably a month apart. Ideally, one would be good from a mobile, you know, in my eyes, and then the other one a a stand start race, or even heats into the final. It'll just make you know the horses from the mainland if they do want to come out, they've got to come in and stay stay here for a month, not just fly over. Yeah take the chockies and go back home. So um, they used to do a lot of that, but it all changed probably eight to ten years ago where they just have, you know, heats of the Easter Cup in the final, but the Tasmania Cup is just an open slow of the race, mate. You just nominate and you go. Mm, indeed. Now, 
we've got uh, eight races to get through. We're hopeful of having uh, Paul Williams on the phone, and you and he could go head-to-head, but uh, Paul might be out working a horse at the moment. So we'll try and get him in the next couple of minutes, but otherwise we can have a bit of a look at this uh, card at Launceston tonight. There's eight races kicking off at uh, 13 minutes past six. Now, your best bet is race one, number nine. What do you expect? to happen there in terms of what does the map look like for your best bet in that race, in that first race? Yeah, well, Cosmo's a pretty handy type. He resumed the other week at Carrick, had a bad draw, never really got into the race, and he just hit the line on his own steam. Better draw tonight, gets a good run through. Um, Malcolm Jones, you know, he drives him in track work, his father trains. He's just going to be too good for him. That's all he's taught, Josh. As long as he gets put into the race at the right time, he's, he's too good for his rivals, and um, they did put up 380, which were pretty good odds. Now he's into 240, but even 240's still backable odds in my eyes. Yeah, indeed. Um, were, there, were there many others on the card that you uh, that you were keen to play? Yeah, the only other ones I liked at um, Ronchester, there's was, was two horses in the same race, to be honest. It was Caster Troy and El Jujon. They were both around the 10 or $11 mark. El Jujon shortened up a little bit. Um, I just think they're both racing well. Caster Troy's finally got a draw. And if he can happen to hold up over the mile, he'll give him something to chase. And if there is a bit of pressure, LG John will get his chance to get into the race on the back of the likes of Bounty Inn and LeVaughn. So they're the two I could back in that race. You know, just you know, a couple of dollars a win on both of them. You're going to get, you know, come jump time around the $10 mark on both, that's for sure. Now, what's the early word, Jamie, on the uh, young horses down in Tasmania, because I've actually uh, got my hands, I've got a share in a two-year-old, which is uh, Taz Bread. So we'll be looking to jump on the boat with him and bring him down and uh, try and steal some of those riches. Yeah, well, it's a good place to be for Taz Bread two-year-olds. Like, I've got a couple just about to go back into work. You know, they go okay. Um, there hasn't been a lot of trials yet, to be honest, Josh. They just don't hit the trial track now, the local two-year-olds. So probably in another you know, four to five weeks, we'll get a bit more of an idea, but... No, it's definitely um, enticing for all Tasbred horses. Who, who trains the one you've got, mate? Uh, Mick Stanley trains the one I've got. It's a, uh, it, oh, I can't remember. It's a, it's a rock and roll dance. So uh, he's about three or four wait, weeks away from hitting the trials, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be looking to put him on the boat and bring him down there. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So perhaps you and I will be going head to head later in the season. But Paul, we've got Paul Williams on the line. Uh, Jamie, so if you and Paul want to go head-to-head for a couple of minutes, be our guest. How you going there, Paul? Not too bad. Uh, it's good to finally get you on, mate. Yeah, we'll just talk about a couple of horses you've got in your nine, then we'll have a quick chat about you, you, you yourself. You've got two in on Sunday night. You've got the con- dis- consistent debt till we part. Um, really ever runs a bad race. He's drawn inside the second line, so we'll need a little bit of luck, but um, if the gaps open up, He'll definitely make his presence felt late. Yeah, well, I'm hoping he can get a bit of a gap there. It's going to be a bit hard coming out of eight, but uh, Mickey O will be pretty hard to beat off the front. But uh, you never know. Things happen in races, so it's all good. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you, you, you're pretty good at causing a boil over like you did the other week with Lockaway Casey getting up at you know, crazy odds, to be honest. When it, I think it hit $126 at one stage in the market, which was way over the odds, but she's been a great mare for Great man for yourself and your your partner Marie, and you know she's drawn again to to run a big race on Sunday night in the open class race. Yeah, um, she's got to pull on a big girl's pants this week, but um, you know she she can go pretty good, and she gets a good run. She's going to be thereabouts with them. 
hopefully cause them a bit of stir up, you never know. Yeah, no, I reckon she'll be pretty dangerous slowing up the sprint lane, mate, especially if there's a bit of pressure going on early over the, over the sprint trip. Um, we'll just touch, yeah. on a, touch on yourself. You've been on the game a, a fair while, Paul. You know, probably, I won't say 35, 40 years, but it might be that, <laughs> is it? Oh, 88, 87, 87, 88, I think, I first started, according to the statistics thing. So, yeah, it's been a couple of days. Yeah, so, yeah, 30 odd years, mate. And just a couple of better horses you've had out there for the, for the listeners? Uh, well, I helped Noel Solder with Vinacora. He was a very nice horse. We had uh, Gambler's Rustler. We trained for old Derek Burden. Redside Shrek, he won 15. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Them three were very nice horses, especially if we're in a core of was definitely a horse we never seen the best of because injury, you know, just cut him down, you know, too many times in his brief career. Yeah, well, that's that's for sure, yeah. So, out of the field when you got in on Sunday night, mate, which one are you going to lead the listeners into having a few dollars on each way? Well, I reckon Casey would have to be the, the better bet of the two because just going basically on the draw... Um, she can get a card in behind the leader and or something like that. She'd be uh, kind of put the wind up, I think. Hopefully, yeah, no, she'll go very close. How many you got in work at the moment, mate? Only five, so it's not too bad. You got any two-year-olds out there? Josh was asking about the two-year-olds earlier. You got any? Uh, we've got one of our own. She's um, out of um, Joe Lopez, out of uh, by Metropolitan. But she's sort of just coming along and, and getting the idea of what to goes on. So yeah. No, that's all right then, mate. Um, you got anything to ask, Paul Fellas? Thanks for uh, joining us, Paul. Um, understand it's a uh, busy Friday afternoon, but thanks for sparing a few minutes for us. And uh, good luck with uh, Lockaway, Casey, and Debt till we part this evening at uh, at the uh, Hobart uh, Hobart Harness, and also. Jamie, thanks for, uh, as always, thanks for uh, joining us on the line. Launceston Harness, sorry, my mistake. Uh, Hobart is on Sunday. Jamie, thanks for joining us as well. And uh, just recapping your best bets, race one, number nine tonight at Launceston. And then on uh, on Sunday, we've got race one, number one. That's how we find the money nice and early. And race yeah. five, number two. Yeah, race one, number one, Mrs. Disaster. Race five, number two, size eight. And the Valley Runners are race eight, number eight, Helicaon. And race nine, number 13, The Dude. Sounds good. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Paul. No worries, Thank mate. you. Beautiful uh, business. They just handled their business down there, Sammy. They, uh, <laughs> they're no fuss, no frills, but they just get the job done. Paul doesn't, uh, Paul doesn't sound like uh, too much. Uh, he's pretty cruisy, doesn't he? He's just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a relaxed... He's only got five in work. He, he, he doesn't want to knock himself about no, He doesn't want to be up too early. He doesn't need to be up at 3.30 in the morning working horses. So I dare say, though, he probably has he probably holds a full-time job and uh, and finds time to work those five. So uh, thanks to Jamie and thanks to Paul. Um some uh, some some value there as well. Uh, he's pretty good judge, Jamie. He's, uh, he doesn't talk himself up too much, which is a little bit unfamiliar for SEN Track and the, <laughs> the, the people who live on and reside on SEN Track. But he's a very good judge. <laughs> yeah, well, he's uh, he's been doing a, a super job uh, here on Taz Racing Talk, and so following his tips uh, for the weekend because he's he's in good form. Indeed, he is. That's uh, tonight. At Launceston and Sunday evening, Twilight at Hobart. Let's shoot off to our last break. On the other side, we'll have Tom Hackett from Ladbrokes, the Rain Man, 
to uh, fill us in on what's happening in the markets for Oaks and Launceston Cup Day. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Josh Jenkins, Sammy Highland filling in for Cam and Campbell. Only a few minutes to go here on Taz Racing Talk. Thanks for joining us across the past uh, 50 or so minutes. But uh, quickly, Sammy, the best in the business, the man who never sleeps, the man who's always working from Ladbrokes, Tom Hackett is on the line. Welcome, Rain Man. Good morning, boys. What's up? It's afternoon here in Victoria. I know you're a little bit, you and Sammy are a little bit behind, but it's <laughs> it's the afternoon here in uh, in Victoria. But what's and in Tasmania? But what's what's happening with these uh, Ladbrokes markets? Uh, we've got an interesting runner from the Blue Army at the head of affairs in the Oaks on Sunday. We do. It's been very popular as well. Honey Creeper, the Tasmanian Oaks favourite. Been 290 into 260. It's the favourite and the Ladbrokes market mover. You don't see Godolphin send horses to the Apple Isle very often, but when they do, they do normally come away with the money. Bundle of fun on the second line of betting there at $3.80. Our market suggests it is a race in two between those two. Miss Charlie Brown in the mix there at $9. Bit of specking Ashmania and Pearl Rain as well. But I like Bundle of Fun to knock off Honey Creeper here. Plenty of respect for Godolphin. The Damien Oliver-James Cummings connection is a very strong one. But Bundle of Fun hasn't had much luck this preparation. I think she's been set for this race the whole way through, and she's ready to peak on Sunday in the Tassie Oaks. Didn't have much luck in running at all in the strut strike. Still found the line nicely. And I just think that this is her target race. She's ready to peak, while this is probably a little bit of an afterthought for Honey Creeper. Tommy, the Lonnie Cup is on Sunday. And I tell, uh, sorry, next Wednesday. What am I talking about? Uh, next Wednesday, a uh, Aurora Symphony. I was on this last start in the Colac Cup. What price do we get it? I currently don't have the Launceston uh, Cup market up at the moment, but I think it's definitely in the in the mix. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely going to be a contender off the back of that last start effort. I think it's going to be a very open cup this year, the Launceston Cup. I think luck in running could be key. The barrier draw is going to be key. I think a horse to keep an eye out for is Whitehawk as well, the veteran eight-year-old. Uh, he's, he's, he's a bit of a head case, this horse, but things look to have uh, come together. Definitely racing career best form was very good there in the Devonport Cup as well. So Whitehawk, the horse, I've got my eye on, but I think the barrier draw is going to be key for this race. But I do think luck in running is going to be vital. Uh, Tommy, jumping back to Sunday, um, are we expecting? Are we expecting? We spoke to to Matty Reid earlier in the show, and he sort of said, you know, once more attention, a lot of the attention at the moment is on, you know, the Group One racing in the mainland. But once the eyes of the racing nation cast forward to Sunday, and people start having a look at this Tasmanian Oaks and see Damien Oliver's heading down for one ride, Godolphin, are you anticipating that Honey Creeper will shorten significantly? Yeah, I think so. I think you're definitely right there, JJ. Just seeing those blue silks in uh, in action on a Sunday, and especially in Launceston as well. Then when you throw in the Damien Oliver connection as well, I think Honey Creeper is going to be very, very popular with uh, punches right around the country. But I think it's such a good card across the board at Launceston on Sunday. And we've got such a good day's racing tomorrow as well. I think it's going to be a big racing weekend. So uh, tomorrow could be a day for the 
for the short price favourites. We've got Nature Street, we've got Animo. Punters might have some uh, very full accounts heading into uh, this Sunday, and they'll see that Tassie Oaks uh, and the, the rest of the card as well and think uh, here's another opportunity to, to make some more dough. Now, you're a very astute judge. Have you got a uh, back up in our part of the world? Have you got one for us tomorrow? Are you with just declaring Animo or Nature Strip, or have you got some value for us? Yeah, I think it's. A, I think Nature Strip, the market's just about right there for that Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Nature Strip, Eduardo, Home Affairs, I think they're all around that right price. Nature Strip is a deserving favourite, but he's not to have things his own way there. I'm taking a little bit of a set against Animo. I think both Ranch Hands and Converge offer a little bit of value there. I thought they were both very good in Eskimo Prince. Like they can take a step forward. So I'm a big wrestler. I'm a big fan of Animo, but the $1.70 for me just a little bit short. If you're looking for something with a bit of value on Saturday at Flemington, uh, later in the day, race eight, I like Cherry Tour Tony returning to uh, the track. We know how good he is on his day. He's been $10 into seven fifty earlier with Labro. I think he's getting into the price he should be. But we know he's got a great record at Flemington. He does run well first up as well. So I think Cherry Tour Tony is your value runner at Flemington tomorrow. There we go. Cherry Tour Tony for Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. And Rain Man, good luck uh, this evening at the Valley tomorrow with all the quality racing and the quality gallopers coming back. And then with the Tasmanian Oaks on Sunday, thanks for joining us and have a great weekend. What a weekend. Thanks, boys. Good luck to you as well. Indeed. Tommy Hackett, Sammy, he knows everything and he knows everyone and he's a very good judge. He's a star, Tommy. He is a star. And uh, I listen to him uh, most mornings when I'm driving the kids to school. Uh, it's just in time to get Tommy's uh, update. Indeed. I'm sure the kids love that over the uh, preference of uh, ABC Kids Radio. Now, you and I are not far away from shooting up. Well, I'm going to be shooting upstairs. I'll be joining you for this afternoon's trackside, Friday afternoon trackside. We've got Benalla. We've got Karindi. It's all happening. Winners galore. Let's go. Thanks for joining us on Taz Racing Talk. Campbell Brown and Cam Luke will hopefully be back next Friday. Otherwise, it'll be more of us, but we'll see you then.